Welcome to the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with emerging artists and industry leaders about all things paper flowers. Through this podcast, we hope to continue to share knowledge, connect all of us together, and elevate the artistry of each and every one of us. Hello, I'm Quinn Wen. I'm Jesse Chu. I'm Priscilla Park. Our mission is to share, connect, and elevate the paper floral industry. We are some of the voices behind the Paper Floors Collective. Welcome to our podcast, Paper Talk. You are listening to Episode 7 of Paper Talk. Today we're having a roundtable discussion of what it's like running paper flower business. We have three lovely ladies, all at different stages of their paper flower journey. We have Kelly Grace Gibson of Paper Floral Co., Susan Bond of Susan Bond Design, and Jessa Parker of 14 Keys Design. Welcome, ladies. Why don't you go around and let's introduce yourself and tell us more about who you are, what's the name of your company, and how you started your paper flower journey. Kelly Grace, would you like to start? So I've been making paper flowers for two years now. I have a a studio in Frenchtown, New Jersey, in Hunterdon County, right along the Delaware River, uh, that I opened last September, where I host birthday parties and ladies nights and I teach workshops and I take custom orders. And I started my journey two years ago after making the flowers for my own wedding using wooden flowers. And I discovered paper flowers during the process of learning how to design. And at the time, I wasn't feeling my best. I was feeling rather sad, down in the dumps, possibly depressed. I'm sure that if I had gone to a doctor, I probably would have been diagnosed with depression. And I started making paper flowers because I was fascinated with it. I saw a video on how to make a paper a crepe paper flower echinacea. I'm sure it must have been Tina from ABC TV, but I'm not positive. So I just purchased the materials to do this myself. And I discovered Leah Griffith and I discovered Amity Bean and the paper florist group. And I just started creating and I was so much happier and I felt so much better. And I truly believe there is a, there is something to creative therapy because I just started to feel so much joy in what I was doing. And I really, really liked it. So I just uh, never stopped. And I uh, took the steps to begin a small business out of my home. And when my husband started finding floral stem wire in our silverware drawer, I realized that it was time to get out of my house and expand. And so here I am. You know, we have a pretty, we have a nice house, but there's five of us and we're a blended family. So we have to be considerate of each other. And I was beginning to overtake every single corner. And I, you know, and I I am not really a pack rat. I like minimal decor. And so when there's craft supplies in this corner and craft supplies in this corner, and I honestly don't even remember sticking floral stem wire in the silverware drawer. I I honestly do not remember doing that. It probably fell out of your sleeve. (laughs) It may have. (laughs) It may have, but he opens up the drawer when he's setting the table for dinner and pulls it out and asks what he's supposed to do with it. And so it it was time. I also had overtaken the corner of his house that he used for his his 
work, you know, where he would take his conference calls and when he would come out of his office and go, go want to sit on the chair to take his conference call. And I'm sitting there uh, with glue and paper and scissors. It wasn't quite convenient for him. It was, it was time. How about you, Susan? How, what's your story? Um, I started dabbling in paper flowers about four years ago. I was still in my corporate job. I was with Morgan Stanley for 40 years and retired last year. So I was looking for something that I would like to do possibly after I retired. And I've always been crafty. I love to decorate my home. I love to do party planning. I love to do all those things. And I was actually making greeting cards at the time. And I still make a lot of greeting cards. So I discovered Leah Griffith, like a lot of us did. Um, I kind of started on Leah's site and I had done some research on, on Google, just looking at paper flowers and saw some amazing things. Discovered Tiffany Turner and um, Lynn Dolan. And of course, I'm friends with them now. They're, they're pretty much neighbors of mine. So I just saw them and said, I can make that. If they could do it, I could do it. And I made my first paper flower was a ranunculus, a crepe paper ranunculus with a video tutorial from Leah. It was horrible. I do keep it. I keep it in my space just to remind myself how far I've come. If I'm feeling like, oh, this isn't working or I lose my flower making mojo. I look back at what I've done in the past and it just kind of brings you forward about, wow, the work really has paid off. Since I retired, I wish I had a space like Kelly Grace does because um, I have taken over a room in our home. It formerly was a guest room. It's now entirely my space. It's packed with cabinets and I'm, I need more. We always need more. I wish I had a bigger space. I work in the house, do most of my businesses online. I just had super, I've had a blast doing it. And in retirement, I don't know how I ever found time to go to work because I'm busier now than I ever was working. But um, I've got to meet, the best part of this is I've got to make so many new friends like the, the four ladies here and Jesse that we've built this camaraderie in our community that is just really priceless. How about you, Jessa? Tell us your story. So I'm Jessa Parker of 14 Keys Design. I actually went to school for product design. So I've been doing the creative thing for quite a while. And growing up, my mom was always like nurturing that in us. So that was really fun. After college, I worked for this company that <laughs> we designed foot protectors that go on the end of mattresses and showrooms. And I was just I was losing some of my creativity there. And for my wedding in 2015, I did all of the flowers wow. and I hand cut like 150 cardstock roses and I couldn't feel my thumb for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got myself a cricket, which was a complete game changer. But I decided uh, later or early 2016 to, um, to start the 14 keys business. And I was like, okay, I've got one flower. Let's use this year and develop a library of flowers because I didn't want to just keep making, I call it the Parker Rose, keep making that Parker Rose over and over again. And now I have about 35 flowers that I make in three sizes, which is like, I feel like a really big accomplishment for me. But all, it's, it was fun doing all of those, all of those uh, templates are mine and all the weird process of how to actually build the flower. And it's awesome to see the community grow, on, like especially on Instagram. 
there's a few amazing uh, cardstock paper florists like uh, Two Clever Designs and Stephen Haar. A couple are my favorites, but it's awesome to see like the differences in cardstock and crepe paper and foamerin and wood. And it's just awesome to see how people can get creative with this just like one subject. So it's, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been so exciting. I love that our community have so many different mediums. I mean, we're a paper florist, so it includes like, you know, cardstock, crepe paper, wood, sola, which is so amazing. I'm just fascinated by mm-hmm. that medium. We need to definitely get a podcast person to come in and talk about that particular medium because I feel like you soak it a little bit and then you form it and cut it versus, and it comes in strips of ribbons, which is so interesting. I have some, if I could find it, it's a, it, uh, it looks like this. It is a roll of wood and you, it's extremely brittle and it, you you just wet your hands a little bit. So you don't soak the There are some flowers that you can make where you want uh-huh. to soak the wood, but there's other flowers that you don't want to soak the wood. You just want a little bit of wetness on your hand. And does it melt? Melts what very glue do you use? It's um I actually use embroidery huh. thread. I um, no, no glue well, at all. Again, it depends on the flower. It's you can use glue, um, always white glue. And usually what I've had to do is put glue on floral wire and use the floral wire to um, apply the glue by wrapping the, the wood around the stem wire. And you secure it with embroidery thread. It can be secured with hot glue, but it's, or regular glue, but it's actually faster to use embroidery thread, uh, floral tape style. Interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. Wow. We'll have to do a video on that because I'm just so it's curious about that actually process. actually one of my more popular workshops that I've done here in Frenchtown. It is one of the only mm-hmm. ones that have, uh, me being new still, brand new uh, brick and mortar business, getting my name out there. It was one of the first ones where um, I, I filled up. People were fascinated with how to make a, a wooden flower, more so than paper. <laughs> Pretty funny. That being said, I have 12 people coming tonight for a class. Congrats. For paper flowers. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. So I think that's, what, that's a good transition. One of the things I want to ask you guys is how do you find your customers? How do you go about advertising your business? And how have you changed from what you've done at the beginning to where you are right now? It's kind of fun. So I grew up in a small town and I found that a lot of my customers are like people I went to high school with that are, oh, you do something neat now. And that's and it's word of mouth. And um, I'm doing, it's just a lot of friends of friends and people that see what I do online and are interested that way. And there's this one bride I'm working with now is she wants to keep everything local and small business. And that's why she contacted me to do her floral crown and her mm-hmm. bouquet. Cause she's like, Oh, I knew you from high school. And I thought that would make it even more special. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I would be honored. So that's how mine's going. <laughs> that's great. How about you, Susan? I, after going to the master class, I have to say, I just felt so empowered that I came home and I stepped up my game pretty dramatically. I joined the local 
Marin Wedding Pros. I'm in Marin County, California, Marin Wedding Pros on Facebook. I joined that group and I immediately had a request from the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation gala planner to make flowers for their signage. I made big, big flowers. I made Priscilla kind of flowers, um, big flowers, the florists in the community and have had lunch or coffee with a few of the florists and some of the planners, all from this local little Marin Wedding Planners group. I've even worked with one of the planners in the area to do a, like an exhibit at a local destination wedding spot here in Marin, where we're going to swap it out and I'll be swapping out my bouquets in there and we'll probably do that quarterly. So that'll be super fun. And other than that, it's been people that I meet, uh, people that I already know. I'm very active in the figure skating community. So a lot of the skaters are interested in ordering flowers for themselves, gifts, whatever. So I found that reaching out to local businesses, people like yourself has been the best way for me to get my brand out there. You know, so many people want to start selling paper flowers, but they don't know where to start. You guys have talked about where you find your customers, but besides finding your customers, what has you guys found to be your most difficult challenge that you face with your paper flower business? Pricing correctly because what we do is worth it and there's so much time put into each and every flower and I don't want to feel like embarrassed for asking for the like if a bride wants a bridal bouquet and I'm like that's gonna be like it's trying to kind of make sure that we're representing ourselves and our craft correctly and pricing it correctly and getting the respect back from our customers that what we do is worth it. So that's been the most difficult part is validating the price. Yeah. I just love that. I feel like all of us are nodding our head and validating what you're saying. It's like pricing is such a key component that I feel like everyone struggles at the beginning where they're trying to figure out their footing into their business. And I think the really key thing is if you're comfortable with saying that price out loud, to someone, then it's going to be, you're going to feel better about making that flower and they're going to feel great about receiving that flower with that particular price point. Because when you're confident, they're going to feel it. So I, I do agree that pricing is difficult, but it's, I've been able to put it in perspective lately. The last few times that I purchased a four or five dollar coffee or when I have gone into my the local gift shop and purchased a $30 jar you know it, it is it is so much more in perspective or my cheese and olive oil shop across the street you know where I'll buy a $20 olive oil bottle all that when you think about the little luxuries those are luxury items and our items are luxury items as well. So I am beginning to have a much easier time pricing for my time. And it is getting easier and easier, especially when you have to deal with the other major challenge, which to me is balance. It is Our work is so handmade and we want to get our work done and please our customers and move on to the next project and maybe leave room for our personal projects as well, right? And it is so hard to have a work life, a work family life balance. And it's, I'm, I'm married to my shop, but I'm also married to my husband. And I'm a mother and 
have all these responsibilities and it's extremely hard to, to balance that. So, and I want to get paid for my time away from my family. Balance and price are the two, two biggest things and self-care, self-care. I went for a run this morning and wished I had not stopped doing that regularly because let me tell you, when you start that again, it is really hard. I agree. I think pricing is probably the most difficult thing that we do. The two most frequent questions I get asked when people see my work is, number one, how Mm -hmm. long did that take? And number two, how much does it cost? I've really Mm -hmm. made people realize by asking that first question, uh, that's a segue into why it costs what it does, because it's art. It takes time and it takes talent. When you're buying a flower from me, you're not buying that flower. You're buying the years that I put in learning how to manage and, and perfect the technique of, of making that particular bloom. I also highly subscribe to the idea of under-promise and over-deliver. I always in, mm-hmm. include when a client gets a bouquet from me, there's more in there than what they thought they were going to get. Whether it's one bloom more or more more foliage, something, a prettier vase. I just really believe in that under promise and over deliver. You look like a hero every time if you over deliver. So, and I, by the under promise, it's don't make promises you can't keep. Don't tell somebody you can make something when you aren't really sure whether or not you can. And so I I believe that under promise, be truthful in what you're promising the client of what you can deliver. And then when you do deliver, deliver more, deliver it better, prettier, more color, whatever, something more than what they expected. And that feeling that they get, that emotional joy, the endorphins that release when they see something beautiful that surprises them. For us to see them do that is priceless. And for me, the joy of delivering flowers in person is way better than putting them in a box and shipping them off because you get to see that joy in someone's face. And that's why we do what we do is because we make joy. So true. So Jessa, one thing I want to ask, because you're a little bit different from the other florists, is that you do cardstock. So tell me why you chose this one and why you stuck with it. And I know at the masterclass, it was the first time ever for you to do crepe paper. So why do you love cardstock so much? I like cardstock because to me, I don't know, the, the material just speaks to, speaks to me a bit better. I'm half in love with my Cricut. So I use the Cricut and a template color cutter for that. And it's just, I love being able to create the templates, put it on the sticky mat and get my petals cut out. And then from there, like I can create texture on the edges of the paper, but then I can just mash it and roll (laughs) it and do what I need to do (laughs) to the paper and then create the volume that way. I did, like I tried for one day, I tried pre masterclass using crepe paper and I was like, this is a little too loosey goosey for me. (laughs) And I also like with, um, I learned how to dilute acrylic paint. And so I've been doing custom colors for painting my paper. And I'm, I love me some paper source paper. So I get their eco white because it's not like a bleached teeth kind of white. It's like an, a subtle, more floral white, in my opinion. And that's, I use that as my base for all, like everything. And they've got these parent sheets that are 28 by 20 inches. And so I can paint that whole thing, cut it down. and 
I just, the texture of it for me just works and the stiffness of it for me just works and it keeps its curls and its wrinkles and it just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you source your paper? It's paper source. It's a company. Um, yeah. So is, is that where you find all your paper through paper source and not through like cards and pockets and paper mark and all these other very- We don't have those here. <laughs> Are those online? Yeah, they're online. Oh, okay. Well, I usually like to like feel the paper first. Uh-huh. So card or paper source was, um, I used to live in Wilsonville, Oregon, and it was a 15 minute drive for me. So, and the quality of their paper is awesome. So you can see behind <laughs> me that on my sticky mat, I have a low quality black paper that just stuck to the mat and I'm like kicking myself for even buying it. <laughs> but I go to Michael's because one, they have a military discount, which really helps. Mm-hmm. So I think my question to you yeah. is because you're selling so many flowers, why don't why aren't you buying things wholesale? <laughs> because um, I'm I took a break and went to work fresh flower company for a couple of years, so I didn't renew my business license yet. So once I get back more into and now that my daughter's napping consistently, I can get mm-hmm. back into doing my flowers and get the business license and then do wholesale. So. <laughs> And your flowers are amazing. Like when I think cardstock flowers, yours aren't quite what I think of when I think cardstock <laughs> They're not crafty, right? Yeah, it would, they are amazing. The bouquet for the style shoot that you posted, I just love those roses. That was just Thank amazing. you very much. Yeah, you guys need to check out her account. It's gorgeous. <laughs> what is the weight of paper that you use? I'm always curious. Is it is it truly a cardstock? A cardstock cardstock? Let me like a let me show you. 120 pound plus. Oh, just, a lot heavier. Yes. Yeah. Just, or is it a lighter weight paper? It's pretty thick. It's oh. mm. So it's cardstock cardstock. Cardstock cardstock. Yeah. And I use a cool. my favorite mashing tool is those. What are these called again, Quinn? Oh, they're I call them ball rollers. I but, use these in a thick yeah. yoga mat. Yeah. And it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love this tool. It's yeah. really fantastic. So those are, that's my go-to. And also cake pop holders. Oh, cake pop holders. These? Interesting. Oh. Like these little round cake. These are my twirlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Kelly Grace, what is your favorite tool that you use for your crepe paper flowers or any type of flowers that you use? Oh, gosh. I... I love my Kai scissors. I love, yes. I know, right? Yes. My, my life changed, um, about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago when I saw one of your postings, Quinn, um, in the paper florist group about how you really liked your Kai scissors. And I was a little bit frustrated because I was still learning how to make crepe paper flowers. And I was um, struggling with my centers and obsessing over centers. I had a decent pair of Fiskars, but they just weren't doing what I needed to do. So I went online and I looked up uh, the model that you had recommended in your posting and they were out of stock, but I got a smaller pair and I used those for probably a good year and they were fantastic. And then I went to the masterclass and um, you provided us with these two. 
So, so yes. now I have <laughs> four pairs of Kai scissors and I'd say that they are my, my favorite tool. I, I do keep scissors in my space for ladies who come in and want to learn there. I can't afford yet to have a pair of Kai scissors for everybody, but I'm working on it. How about you, Susan? What's your favorite tool? Well, the Kai scissors, um, and I just bought a new, another pair of Kai scissors because I'm addicted to them and they're like embroidery scissors. Yeah. They're really cool. They're really great for quilling, which I do from time to time. But I have to say my all out favorite tool ever, ever, ever on the planet is the blending brushes. After you introduced us to the small one in one of the posy boxes, I'm also a card maker. So a lot of the card makers were using the bigger brushes. And I got on Amazon and I ordered like three sets of those. <laughs> and you can lay down color. You can really intensify color and it'll get the color into the paper. And I tell you, they are hands down my go-to for coloring paper. I love those brushes. I would never go back to using a sponge again after using the brushes. And like I said, I have at least two sets of them. And now I think I want to buy a couple more sets because <laughs> I'd like to have one set for oranges and reds and one set for yellows and one set for blues and one for green. So um, yeah, I'm going to become, um, I'm, I've got to open a wholesale account with Picket Fence to get some more of those. Are you talking about the makeup yeah. blending brush? Yes. That's what that I works have. with acrylic, like diluted acrylic too. Probably does. Yeah. yeah so these are my favorite right now. I, I know as a podcast, you can't really see it, but they're really, they're, they're probably about almost an inch wide and it's like very thickly yeah, just sold together and they're super makeup. soft and it just exactly. blends in the and colors I use them so well. too for, because I'm a card maker, I use them for blending ink Yeah, and they blend ink uh, like you can't like butter. I've never seen anything like it. So I'm a convert. I'm a walking advertisement for that company. <laughs> They're called life-changing brushes for a reason. <laughs> That's great. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. The half hour went by so fast. Can you tell us where everyone can follow you and find your work? Susan, why don't you start? Pretty simple. It's Susan Bond Designs and it's B-O-N-N -N, like Bond in Germany. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and my website. Wonderful. Jessa? I'm Jessa Parker of 14 Keys Design. So that's 1-4-K-E-Y-S Design. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. How about you, Kelly Grace? I am Paper Floral Co. Uh, on Instagram. And I am Paper Floral Co. on Facebook as well. Wonderful. Thanks. And if you're following um, us on Instagram or the blog, we'll be sure to post all of everyone's links here. So just head to the blog post for this podcast and you'll be able to click on their link. Mm -hmm.